Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast. Today I am joined by Football Index brothers, Ed and Henry. Ed, how are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, Fig. Thanks for uh, having us on today. <laughs> Henry, how about yeah, you? Yeah, also well, mate. <laughs> yeah, pleasure to be here. <laughs> and and you, you're obviously uh, Venga knows on or Venga knew on Twitter, aren't That's you? That's it. Yeah, Venga Venga did once know, sadly, <laughs> but not so much anymore. <laughs> And you're both making your debut, Henry. I've been trying to get you on for for a long time, but it's just about happened after like meeting you twice in person at trader meets and and another index game meet. It's it's finally yeah. happened. So what's what's finally made you take the plunge? I suppose it's just trying to trying to get my brother involved as well because he's he's always been, he's always been the one that's a bit <laughs> more scared to do it by background. himself. <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, I thought it was probably time. Yeah, so uh, looking forward to it. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, why don't you start by telling us about your football index journey, and and then you can talk to us about who roped who in. Well, I well I was the first first one of first one of us to join um, back in um, when was it March about March yeah March seventeen I joined. Um, so I joined after after hearing the Talksport adverts basically, um, and kind of looked it up and um, tried to find a bit more about what it was actually about um and it looked quite an interesting concept um to trade uh, to have a stock market for footballers to trade um i was doing quite a bit of fancy football and playing that beforehand um but it was <clears throat> it was taking up a lot of time like just trying to you know study the fixtures and, and uh, look into all the details of upcoming matches and trying to you know basically spending a lot of time on it and not really making any money or anything like that just sort of a tenor tenor here and there in mini leagues and that sort of thing um so this looked you know this looked like a kind of a good way to use your football knowledge to to um to possibly make a bit more money so I kind of had a little dabble um with a very small amount to start with and then kind of tried to learn uh tried to learn a bit more about how the market worked and then gradually started to put more money in um I think I was probably about two months in and I kind of mentioned it to, to Wenger and told him he needs to get involved. And um, eventually, eventually you did, didn't you? About two months, yeah, about two months after me. Yeah, I think I joined um, sort of mid-April uh, 17 and I just recall that you were sort of badgering me every time you spoke to me pretty much saying, are you on it yet? Are you on it yet? And I was like, no, what is it? And uh, yeah, so it took me, probably a, a month or so to eventually listen to you and uh, I was I was pretty much the same just sort of doing uh, FPL uh, before and I was yeah sort of fairly successful at that and but it, it is quite time consuming and when Ed said why don't you use that knowledge and, <clears throat> and make a bit of money on the index uh, I thought well I'll, I'll have a little dabble myself and yeah sort of started fairly small and got carried away quite quickly so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, yeah, I guess ne- neither of us have really been kind of big gamblers, have we? No, not at all. Um, well, occasional accumulator really was about all all I ever used to do, or uh, you know, stupid bets on Arsenal to win five nil or something like that, which never came, <laughs> which never came in. <laughs> so yeah, this is far more productive oh, in terms dear. of returns than than my old gambling habits were. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing, I, the kind of sort of the more appealing side to that from my perspective was that the, you know, you're putting money in, but you don't necessarily lose it all straight away if it goes wrong. 
where whereas you know in a in a general betting it's kind of all all or nothing scenario i know you can cash out and things but um the odds are never that appealing uh, to do that so that was a big draw for me was the fact that you could you know you could put you could put money in and uh essentially not not risk losing the whole whole amount yeah. straight away i Which mean it was just as well because when we joined it was april and didn't have a clue about market cycles or anything so they were loading up loading up on players at the end of the season that were going to do nothing during the summer and we wondered why they were all plummeting suddenly <laughs> And I'm sure there are a lot of people doing that right now. And I think we'll probably dissect that kind of strategy or what to do in this scenario later on in the show. But what advice would you guys have to someone starting out right now, considering you joined at kind of similar time, but two years ago? Well, I I would say, um, as always, just make make sure that before you you go in putting putting your own hard-earned money into it, as everybody says, really understand the rules. Make sure that you uh, you know those inside out and understand uh, what what dividends are paid for um, and the different match days, uh, as well as you know, sort of understanding performance buzz and the scoring matrix uh, and and how media buzz scores are calculated too. So all all of that is is important to understand before you start putting your money down. Um, as well as understanding a little bit about market cycles and and where the market's going to go next. So when when you start out, just start small and 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 learn the market and how it reacts uh, before going in heavy. Really, that's that's all I'd say. Yeah, I'd a hundred percent agree with that. The um, I guess in addition to it is I'd always tell people to um, to when they're you know after understanding the you know understanding the market um the way the actual you know the scoring matrixes work um would then also be to do to do you know do your own research on on players before you buy them um there's still a lot of pumping going on 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 the likes of twitter and things which can catch people out um and it's kind of easy easy as in as a new you know as a new joiner just to kind of to have a quick look at someone, see them on the, you know, sound, you know, see that see that they've gone up in the last twenty four hours, and you might see a, a kind of a, a fairly spectacle transfer link or something, um, and people have got on the back of that, and there's no real substance to it, and then all of a sudden you find that the player's kind of dropped twenty five percent after a few hours of you buying him, um, which has. Uh, I think we, I think everyone's made that mistake, probably pretty much. Um, it's just, yeah, make 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 sure after you've done it once that you, you know, you obviously try to try not to repeat that again. Uh, forward planning, I think, as Henry kind of alluded to, like on market cycles, I think you should, you know, you should always kind of really need to be probably moving. I try to plan sort of two to three months ahead. Um, so, kind of currently now, I mean, I've. I've I've bought all my media buzz holds um, probably at Christmas time, um, stocked up on those, and and now I've un- unwound some of those positions already now, um, and I'm kind of looking at the moment for the dips towards that you're seeing now towards the end of the season on PB players to try and stock up um, for those for those for next season. Um, you're getting in quite whilst- early there. That's I would have thought. I don't know. I think in terms of well, yeah. I mean, 
I think I'm not getting rid of all all my media holds now because obviously we've got the media madness to come up. But you know, there's a few, there's a few, you know, there's a few, there's certain players that I think are massive relying on a big move. And if that big move doesn't doesn't happen, then um, you know, only takes one one kind of fairly strong rumor the other way to suddenly send the players prize tanking so if you've got in early and you've made good profit i would always i would always kind of suggest to to certainly take a proportion of that and and then move on to to something else on the other hand for that ed in terms of stocking up on pb players now i think it's important to kind of talk about the the variables that could make those players less valuable for example i mean we'll talk about player position changes <laughs> in, in a bit i'm sure but that that could be one a player moving who is good for pb to that team and uh who is in the same category as a player that you hold for example i think it's important not to um look at past performance and think of it as definitely resonating with future performance yeah that that's that's very true um i mean i think there's i think there's certain players who generally you know the way they play and and the way i guess the big thing really for a lot of pb players is if they're on a lot of set pieces and that type of thing if they if they move to a team where they're not going to be on them then obviously that can have a, a huge impact on on their kind of scoring ability um but at the same time, I think that yeah, I think there's, I think there's yeah, I think there are certain players that that do lend themselves naturally towards towards the system, the scoring system. That as long as they're playing for a, an attacking, you know, relatively attacking team, then they're relatively not not a hundred percent safe bets, but they're relatively secure. But it's also it brings you on, I think, onto the point that you should always try and maintain a relatively balanced and um diverse portfolio some you know some mb some pb um it's kind of i like to have a mix of both as well um it's obviously it's obviously much more risky to have to have your portfolio um heavily led to to one end of the market as opposed to the other um so i try to keep it relatively balanced as well which yeah generally acts as a good hedging sort of tool uh, in the event of a, a mega crash or something like that yeah yeah well i think it's probably high time we get on with with some questions because we've been yabbering on now for a good 10 minutes but before we do so i just want to remind everyone that you can also find me on youtube Three thousand subscribers now which is which is pretty amazing and i've just released the first ever episode of the squad builder which is where i very poorly choose 11 players hold them 30 pla- uh, 30 days and and see where that gets me they have to actually assemble or resemble somewhat of a team uh, i chose wojek chesney probably a bad idea for my last one he uh, did very badly uh, returned one pound in in-play dividends and dropped nearly 50 percent of his price which was uh it was just very arsenal wasn't it so um yeah that wasn't the best of of buys but a, a couple went well uh, trent alexander arnold but i think you guys can check out the video if you want to watch more of that uh, and uh if you guys are enjoying the podcast please do leave a review there's over 100 reviews now on the football pod, uh, football index podcast and if you guys haven't subscribed already please do so it means the world and uh, i love reading those reviews it, it really means a lot uh so now we've got a couple of like miscellaneous questions football index guru who got the other involved in the index and how 
how did they convince the other? Also, who went big first? So you've already answered that, Ed, but how did you end up convincing Henry? Was it just as simple as you've got good football knowledge or you're good at FPL, go on, have a go? Um, Essentially. <laughs> yeah, I think that pretty much was it. <laughs> he, he did. He's not. There's a, yeah, there's a lot of people who are far harder to convince to get on to the index than Henry was. Yeah. Um, no, I was quite... So I think I, just, I, think I told you oh, I've made, I don't know, I think I'd made like 100 quid. Yeah. And you were like, whoa, that, okay. That was enough for me. Yeah, I thought, right, I'll have a go. <laughs> so you got... Stop yeah, you dabbling got around in my mini leagues on FPL and have a go at this. Yeah, that was about it. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad I did get on there because uh, it's obviously been um, yeah, quite lucrative um, so far anyway. Um, and yeah, I sort of slowly, slowly built up my portfolio um, after dabbling a little bit at first. And I probably went in quite big around... August time um, in 2017 was um, the first time I started putting proper money into it, and yeah, I don't know. It's just gone from strength to strength, really. The uh, the index is is growing nicely, and um, yeah, it's going in the right direction with the odd sort of road hump here or there, as we've just experienced yesterday. <laughs> and and who did go uh, big first? Because I'm assuming being on the platform for, for almost two years that you guys have a, a, a reasonable chunk in there so who, who was it that, that took the plunge first i think i think i i had a fairly well i had a you know i had a fairly large amount in there but then i think um henry soon caught up with me quite <laughs> quite quick and then i think then uh told me one day that he, he put you know pretty hefty lump in which kind of almost doubled probably doubled my investment and then um and, and went on from there but uh i think he's um he's been pretty successful in in his portfolio and the ways the way he's managed it so far um, <laughs> yeah it always helps out haven't you some you helpful tips from... <laughs> <laughs> yeah he basically just follows my tips and then whacks huge amounts in and then goes oh i've made so much off this guy it's like yeah thanks for that yeah they're, they're not all golden <laughs> tips though <laughs> <laughs> no they're not no it's uh you can't get them all right mm. uh, and the other one was uh who would win in an arm wrestle between your two podcasts who, who uh, <laughs> Come on, definitely, definitely <laughs> right well, we'll ask we'll answer the second question after uh i i, I don't know have you been going to the gym not really, no. no. Um, but I think I'd still beat you. <laughs> right, we're going to have to do this then. <laughs> and, and Sadly, then we're the not. Second... Yeah, we're not in the same room though, so we can't. We yeah. can't do it live here. I'm afraid. Oh. Um, and then it was who do you think would be the fig arm wrestling champion out of all your guests? I think. I mean, looking at the size of Tall Bob, I'd I'd probably say him, maybe just because he's massive, He'd be quite formidable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, it, like for example, if I had a, you know, he's probably like he's six six, so he's probably like seven or so inches taller than me. If we had a arm wrestle, his arm would be so much larger than my arm; it would just be like kind of hard to pivot it over. <laughs> yeah, it would like I think that, that I think there's a lot of you know, there's a lot to do with the 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 size of his forearm probably that would that would really encumber anyone trying to beat yeah, him. Yeah, I think he'd just intimidate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Next, next, to... next, what? Next trader meet, then have a little table for arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. I'm in. To, it sounds good. To Adam. <laughs> we get Adam. Yeah, Adam can give a good, good prize oh, for the winner. 
<laughs> so, sounds good. Um, right, so we've got some serious questions now. Um, and we're actually going to start with the positional changes. To get all that out the way, because I'm sure that's on the... <laughs> it's off of everyone's minds at the moment. So Canary, Canary Trader FI. A late submission. Should FI give some some kind of warning to player position changes? These are the fundamental factors underlining many player prices and it can be completely changed without any prior notice. For example, Kimmich. Those without instant access to their ports can be stung badly, as we obviously saw with, you know, a lot of the complaints made yesterday. So, uh, Henry, what are your kind of overall thoughts so far about this situation? And and maybe if you could kind of give us an overview of what's happened for those of people who are kind of on Football Index but living under a rock. Okay, well, yesterday the fallout happened sort of fairly early in the morning, really, um, from uh, sudden positional changes to players the likes of uh, Kimmich and Eden Hazard in particular, who have been changed to midfielders from a defender and a forward respectively. And that obviously makes them uh, less valuable because it's harder to win the midfielder category uh, and and Kimmich would lose his clean sheet points. Um, So that's had an impact on those those players' prices as well as all the other players that have um, been affected. And I suppose, really, it's just a case of the way it's done. I mean, FI have uh, pointed out, uh, I think it was Dan on on his tweets, that, yes, it's there in the rules and everybody knows it's, or should know it's there in the rules. But at at the same time, I I don't find those tweets particularly helpful. And I know they've upset a lot of people as well. Um, Sort of the the customer service aspect of it was distinctly lacking. It's just like, okay, yeah, it's done. That's your problem, guys. Um, Deal with it is not the right way to be treated, really. So I think, um, it, yeah, it's, it's disappointing the way it's happened. And, and I think most people, all, the, all they're really asking for is that we get some prior warning about this. Um, and I don't think that it would be that hard to implement from, for, uh, by, by FI. Uh, I mean, they, they point to the fact that it's a third-party provider in Okta that, that, um, that makes these changes and, and they probably have some live feed that automatically then changes them in the index. But I don't I, <sighs> there's got to be a better way of doing it i think once they've got the positions for the season you should stick with those positions in my view uh, and then perhaps in the closed season uh, they they should have a, a discussion with opta about what positional change is going to take place um, and then pre-announce that on a certain date positional changes will be taking place uh, on on the index to to everybody involved whether it's via email or on or an announcement uh, and then, <clears throat> and then allow the market to react, do a suspension perhaps, and uh, at least then everybody's prepared for it. Um, so that that would be, I don't know, one way to mitigate the fallout. Um, yeah, I, I was, yeah, I, I think like a lot of people was affected by it yesterday. Kind of logged in and saw that my Kimmiches had uh, basically <laughs> basically tanked, um, and yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was. A kind of an unwanted surprise really but I think that yeah I agree with the um I think that they should there should be um some prior warning to any positional change I know it's in the terms and conditions but ultimately it is football index's product and it's um it doesn't really lend itself to um inspiring a lot of confidence in the market or the product um and I think that's a key issue as well is that these you know these kind of these um, negative sort of things that happen uh, in the market 
um, if it's to do with the game rules or whatever. Um, it just it just can spiral quite easily into a lot of negativity, and I think you saw that on Twitter yesterday. Um, a lot of you know quite rightly so as well. Um, but ultimately, the bigger problem with that is it it then caused uh, a lot of other people just to I think you know kind of in the in the moment instant sell a lot of other players and then suddenly you had a bit of a, a landslide effect happening in the top end of the market um as people were just very annoyed by this you know by the lack of uh prior warning to to um to the positional changes just to just to carry on from both of you i think for me the to your point henry the customer service or lack thereof was was kind of strange i mean it just happened and it kind of seemed as though it, it took fi themselves by surprise which is a worry like and um, you, you mentioned dan there who said surely this is the fairest way to make this is on twitter right surely this is the fairest way to make the positional changes it keeps us impartial to it and we take optus changes we have to take all uh and if we take optus changes we have to take all of them picking and choosing which ones we change completely defeats the purpose of using a third party uh and then he said uh, if we announced the changes a week in advance it would make zero difference as people would trade on the information they get as soon as they get it but then the customer service uh, notice says to clarify the positional changes to some players today our player data is provided by opta uh football index data is automatically updated with the latest opta feed the recent update was populated from opta's international squad lists hence why there are some positional changes the positions will update again when opta next update their data and then this is i think the most important bit we appreciate this has caused some confusion we were talking and we were taking on board customer feedback we will work on a better solution to ensure position changes happen infrequently and with notice so i just find it hilarious that someone at fi who probably shouldn't be tweeting really about this kind of stuff right uh has said something uh on behalf not on behalf of fi but given his opinion and i you know i'm sure that you know he's written somewhere on twitter that his thoughts are his own blah 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 but i just find it hilarious that he's written something and then customer service have come out like three four hours later with pretty much the opposite <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like it doesn't speak to uh, much oh hey this is what we should do <laughs> no i i think it just looks really bad and I, I think it's a massive shame because um we obviously had a really amazing period where we had these kind of um what we thought were much improved uh communications right via you know the share split dividend increases etc and we thought you know we've, we've gotten over this bit right this is football index have gotten over their their teething problems in terms of comm standpoint but this kind of shows that they haven't and i i, I just worry that they're again i think people have always talked about how football index kind of take three steps forwards but then take one step back and i just definitely see that that's happened um so I don't know, like what, what are your thoughts again, Henry, on, on kind of that side of things, the comms? Because I think we can debate day and night about what they should do. And for me, I think they should probably, this is what I would do, right? I would just change positions once a year, but I wouldn't say who's getting changed and I wouldn't say what time they're getting changed. I'd just say, this is the day that they get changed. Kind of like they do IPOs. I say, okay, on the uh, 10th of, Je- or, or like, I don't know, the beginning of the season. So at the on the 7th of August or something, uh, changes will happen between the times uh, 9am and 5pm or whatever I don't know what it could be and then they just make all the changes on that day They're, that that way it's kind of like IPOs in the way that you don't really know when they're coming and it's like first finger, uh, first finger first but everyone is alerted and knows that 
on that day that thing will happen and then you'll have people who would decide uh i'm well hedged enough i don't really care what happens and then there'll be people where like okay i really need to be on it today because i need to know if x player changes yeah and that that sounds like a sensible way to do it as well i I think something similar um in terms of a a solution but and also in terms of the comms uh, i mean if i have said this before i think that uh, I mean, it's not like this is a new issue. It has happened before, positional changes, and people have been pissed off about it before. Um, and I'm sure they said at the time, oh, yeah, well, we'll come up with a better solution for next time. And then this time it's like, oh, what's happened? It's just <laughs> so I would like to actually see some action from them and something actually change uh, and and a better solution for this to be implemented. Um, at least they did put that customer service statement out there on Twitter afterwards. But again, it's... Um, <sighs> It's just the issue of their their employees, I suppose, going online on Twitter, and uh, they have to be so careful with what they're saying, and the, particularly in these sort of um, when you have a bit of a, a market reaction to something. Uh, I, I think it, yeah, and, and to be to be fair, as we speak, I think Mike's on Twitter now, just um, answering oh, a few questions. Right. But a couple of people have asked about kind of, uh, or, or they've kind of suggested what what FI could do, and he's just kind of said, "Can't promise anything, but we're obviously looking for a better solution at speed." So yeah. that, to me, kind of again, it's back to the point of other employees saying, "Well, this is surely the fairest way to do it, right?" Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, Mike and customer service kind of saying this is probably a better way to do it uh, or that there is a better way to do it. So sorry, I cut you off. No, that's all right. I mean, the, the, the fact they're, they're rolling mic out shows at least they're doing something about it now, but it's, it's just always a bit reactionary for me. Um, they, I think they can and, and, and should do better with things like this. They could see that this was an issue last time it was going to happen again. And now a lot of people have lost money and confidence as well. Uh, and and that showed across the market yesterday. I mean, my portfolio took an absolute pounding, so I'm I'm annoyed as well. Um, and as are probably most traders on the platform right now. So to avoid that kind of sentiment, and uh, they they just it's just a bit of thought needs to go into it, doesn't it? Things like this, like that, yeah, where they're known issues, they just need to deal with them better. No, I think it's just ultimately trying to get a more yeah have it have a more professional approach to to these announcements still as you mentioned like they did the share split that was handled very well um rather than the kind of the rogue you know personal opinions people tweeting stuff of what they think because ultimately it just annoys it annoys the traders who have lost out and uh yeah you saw the you saw the kind of the, the knock-on effect that had on the market yesterday so yeah hopefully they'll do better going forward with this solution that they're trying to think think of here's hoping right and i think um floody had a question do you think it's time if i move away from opta and become a bit more independent to maintain trader faith in the platform now i personally don't think this is the solution um using a third party provider is probably the way to go it's just kind of the way you do it isn't it yeah exactly yeah i think so yeah 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 i I, I don't know where you'd go if you didn't if you sorry I don't know where you'd go if you didn't use Opta uh I mean they're they're respected and and uh, they've they've got a, a bank of statistics and I think that that is the way to go but it's a case of how it's then fed through to to the FI platform and and controlled I think they just need that element of control to to fix the positions for the season so that everyone's placed their bets they know what they're doing for the season and everybody understands that at the end of the season things can change um on a on a specified date i think that's yeah that's really the way to go 
I think, well, I think us three seem to be in agreement then. I think, yeah, Opta is, um, you know, basically pretty much the market leader for, for football statistics. It's got a good reputation. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a problem with, with Opta as, as such. It's just the integration of it onto the, onto the platform for these things like these positional changes. Uh, so I, yeah, I think, you know, you, you, you do need that third, I think it would open itself to people questioning how impartial the index is if it was, you know, if it was, I don't know, if they came up with their own kind of database or something like that. Um, so I, 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 I think it's, I don't, as I say, I don't think it's opt as a problem. I think it's just the integration of it onto the platform that needs to be mm. better. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that that there is some way, surely, that FI and I think I posted on Twitter that FI could just you know stop that information feeding through into the platform and kind of put a blocker there just for positional changes. I, I, I like, I'm not a tech person, but that seems kind of like a logical thing you can do, and then um, and then do with that information what you will from an FI standpoint, like they will then you know could they just choose a day like i said and and do it all at once i'm not too sure especially like if a player changes positions twice in a season and they're going from that position to that position to that position it's a bit strange the the alternative is i think and this is not a, a thing that not a lot of people have talked about is fi could actually translate whatever position that player is playing in do you know what i mean so like if Hazard is playing on the wing, then he's a forward. If he's playing up front in a 3-5-2, he's a forward. But if he's playing on the left of a 4-4-2, then he's a mid. Same with, you know, if Kimmich is playing right back, he's a defender. If he's playing in central midfielder, he's listed as a midfielder just for that game week. I, that also seems quite logical to me. Yeah, potentially. But I think that might cause more controversy, I think. if. Uh... But, but, but would it though? Like, that that just makes more sense because then you don't have players that are at risk of change. They just change whenever they play in those positions. Well, uh, I mean, I suppose so, but then is, is <laughs> it's coming. I don't know. It's coming up. Is that feasible to do on a week on, you know, on a formation changing basis of all the games that are being played? How easy would that be to implement? It's quite a good idea, but I, I, it, I as a yeah, I'm not technical person either. I don't know if it would be, um, <laughs> If you'd be able to do that, because yeah. and formations then, can change during a game as and well. Then, like. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that is true. And and there's people even argue about the formations itself, whether it's you know I don't know if someone's if it really is a three five two or a five three two, and like yeah. where do you? It's quite yeah. It's just a bit. It's it's still quite subjective in that mm. respect. I, I guess you'd have to, from an objective standpoint, you'd have to go with kind of where Opta have listed their positions, right? So if Opta lists a game, you know, because they do it real time as well, they list whatever game is being played and they list a player in a position during that game. So I don't know. That that's. I think what we're trying to get at, though, is that there are options maybe to, to do this better. And uh, I'm kind of glad that FI are looking at it and... Um, and hopefully we'll see some improvement in the next kind of six months or so. Uh, any other final comments on this before we move on? Um, no, maybe, maybe, was, maybe you should try and get someone from Opta on the uh, on the podcast, get them, <laughs> get them in and uh, give them a good grilling of how it works. Yeah, I'm just checking Kimmich's position now. He's a defensive mid, so because <laughs> I heard some of them have changed back already. It's uh, this morning, apparently. Um, 
I think Jesus Navas was um, changing from a defender to a midfielder and back again. It's just, yeah, so I don't know. They, they, they Yeah, they just need to deal with it better. But <laughs> I don't want to rehash yeah, it. Yeah, uh, I think the, the changing positions and then changing them back has been another massive issue. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen that today. Yeah. But it's like, I'm sure loads of people sold some of those players at the bottom. And then the kind of customer service announcement came out and players, people bought again, which is just like, I think it's just really strange, really. I, I, I'm i not too sure um, how good an idea that was. Obviously, like, it, it just seems weird. What Would Opta do that? I don't know, overnight? Just change positions back and forth? I don't know. It's, it's all a bit, um, it's all a bit muddled and doesn't, bode well for the platform and it doesn't reflect well on football index really yeah agreed right well we'll uh, move on to maybe some more positive questions which were asked prior to optigate woohoo <laughs> <laughs> so uh stanford uh asks fi have hinted that their next marketing budget will be huge and then they have already committed to, or no their next marketing campaign will be huge and they already committed to trebling the budget with this in mind who do you see as the target audience for the upcoming campaign and how do you think FI's marketing will achieve this? I mean, obviously it's good news that, that, that they've um, announced that the, the marketing budget is going to be treble what it was. Uh, and when they do do these marketing pushes, it tends to have a very positive impact on the on the index as a whole. I think the last time um, yeah, we, we saw this was around January when they were doing the try Jan thing. And I think they, they could probably do it in conjunction with something like that for the new season. Um, but in terms of the target audience, I mean, in the past, they've wanted to get on the big sort of uh, traders from the city, haven't they? But uh, with with yesterday's fallout from things like that, I just I just think they, they'd struggle to attract those types of, of people. So I, th- I think given that the index, they want numbers really at the moment and they want to grow, I think it'll be sort of the mass market that they're going for. Uh, I think we'll see more of uh, advertising hoardings around uh, pitches. They did it with Fulham this year and I think they could do it with promoted clubs next year uh, that that gets quite a wide audience uh, if, if they're televised games Premier League matches um, then then that that's a great um, yeah, a great way of getting the name out there um, and I, I suppose you'll you'll they'll continue with the talk sport campaign and maybe do some more sky ads as well because yeah I mean skies are again it's, it gets a lot of a lot of viewers and it just gets the name out there doesn't it and will attract more and more customers so I think, yeah, it's it's going to be an exciting time coming up through sort of, uh, yeah, sort of August, approaching August and perhaps yeah, July as well. Uh, and there could be some enormous growth in that time, I think. I tend to agree. And I think August will be like a big uh, push on the FI side. July, late July, yeah, August, I think will be big, big uh, moments. I can't help but feel not negative, but are they going to be able to deal with this many customers joining? Like, is their customer support infrastructure good enough to deal with, you know, 100, 150,000 users joining over the summer? And my answer would be on the current evidence that it's probably not. And and you mentioned kind of the, the big traders and how they probably won't join. I could tell you for a fact that, you know, anyone who works in kind of traditional FS or kind of like FX trading or just on a trading desk or whatever wouldn't, touch fi in its current instance like i i actually had someone text me last night and i'll read the exact text and i'll keep them anonymous obviously um uh he said what a spectacular 
fuck up today. FI snatched defeats from, defeat from the jaws of victory so frequently. And then he said afterwards, I was going to stick in another 50k this summer. Not going to now. This has annoyed me quite a bit. Thank fuck I'm well diversified. Kimmich has hurt, but it must have buried some ports, especially with the confidence sell-off. Uh, I think that's pretty damning from someone who uh, works, who is a professional trader. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, l- looking at kind of maybe what Stanford alluded to, which is who were the target audience? Well, I think it's going to be more people who are just gamblers and just your average Joes, really, because judging by that text and judging by other people that I've spoken to, I cannot see how FI would entice someone of that kind who has that kind of uh, deep pocket and also experience in traditional markets. No, I, I agree as well at the moment. Uh, they, they, they need to get their house in order if, if they want to attract that type of trader. Um, uh, and, and you're right as well. I think with the customer service side of things, that it, if their customer service team are constantly dealing with people asking for dividend payments to be paid out and tech issues, uh, then they're going to have the ability to onboard thousands of new customers. Um, I think I think they could struggle. But so I th- there's a few things that you know, they need to sort out. But I don't want to sound too negative because I'm, I'm I'm behind the platform and <laughs> I do uh, I do enjoy it. It's just frustrating when sort of these things happen. Really, I mean, I thought. Yeah, well, with the increase in the marketing budget, obviously, I think yeah, that's a, that's great news. Um, I thought you know the marketing's been relatively well done um, so far. The last January <clears throat> kind of try January thing for the thirty day extended period, I think you know along with the talk sport campaigns, I think worked worked quite well. And I think they saw <clears throat> I can't remember the exact numbers, but they saw um, <clears throat> big user growth and new new people joining the platform um so i think if they you know if they're to continue in that uh in that kind of vein then i think i do see the platform growing still significantly um still quite early days but again you hope that these um you know two years another two years down the line that you're not talking about these uh well even to be honest even six months down the line for the start of the next season we're not having yeah. these issues well i mean i think we've been talking about that for a year 18 months <laughs> 24 months though haven't we ed like I, I'm, I don't want to sound too down but there has to be a point in time where if i just say okay let's forget about marketing let's forget about everything else let's fix fix our tech and let's try and work on our customer service infrastructure because at the moment there doesn't actually seem to be any signs of improvement obviously it has improved in the last three or so years but the level at which has it improved it's always come to the kind of minimal viable product stage and we're four years in nearly so these teething issues shouldn't really be happening at this point and if they're not fixed now then when are fi going to fix them i'm i'm kind of lost for uh words to try and like describe what is going through their heads on this end if that makes sense yeah no it it is very frustrating to see to see it kind of coming back to you know coming back to these kind of these these uh yeah these kind of errors and and miscommunications but i guess there's a chance what on tuesday night to uh to ask adam cole what's going on in this respect and um maybe we'll get some more answers so it'd be quite good good ones to tune into that and post some questions 
Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what um, what Adam says. I guess there are so many different things that people are going to be asking about. I think what um, FI Investor said a couple episodes ago, which was really interesting, was how he talked about a lot of digital businesses kind of put out a blog post when something goes wrong, explaining to great detail. Because there are some customers who are going to just want to know hey, it's broken, we're looking at it being fixed. And there are going to be other customers who like, okay, I want to know every intricate detail about what went wrong and why. And if ever I can put something out that gives you as much detail as they feel comfortable with uh, revealing, I think that would be really, really powerful for the community. But again, it's it's not my decision for, to do that. It's, it's kind of on FI to, uh, to decide whether or not they want to give any more information away or not. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> right, we'll move. We'll move swiftly yeah. on, won't we? Uh, Justin has a question. Relatively new trader and doing well. That's good. Loving it, but twice had players drop fifty p for no reason. Must be larger investors selling off. I think this is a risk to FI, as it could really put off new investors if they're burnt. What, if anything, do you think FI could do? to protect against this and i actually got an email from someone asking a question uh, with the exact same pretty much the exact same question like players dropping 50p overnight uh, could you ask or could you talk about this over the on the on the podcast and i think the thing to to note here and i've spoken to a lot of people who maybe are from again we've we've talked about those kind of like trader or financial markets background people but one of the things that whenever i talk to people of that kind of uh orientation uh about fi they always talk about how they're quite uncomfortable about how easily players drop uh on so little in terms of how thin the market is uh and i guess that's something that probably won't change for the significant future no i mean the, the market's i mean it's still a relatively young market and as you say quite thin so it, it can be impacted by one big trader selling off a particular player uh but to what FI could do to mitigate that I'm, uh, against that, I'm not quite sure. I mean, that you can't you can't prevent traders from selling, can you? <laughs> so it's 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 just the nature of the platform as it is in its current state. But I think as as it matures and grows, that type of fall should should be less evident. I would have thought um, one one trader's ability to impact the market will be significantly less the the the, the bigger it gets, really. So. Um, for now, we just have to deal with it, I suppose. <laughs> it's quite—I think it's quite unusual for a player to drop fifty p. It's quite—it's a substantial amount. I mean, you saw it yesterday with the reasoning behind it, with like Kimmich. I think he was, 50, he was probably fifty p plus, but there was a reason for that. I mean, just other random ones that drop fifty p. It's kind of—it's not. It's 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 fairly irregular like it'd be interesting to know what what actual players you know what that was because i don't i, I don't really see that happening too often um i see you see it on the think on the smaller players and i agree with you know if you're holding a, a significant amount of a of a cheap player um as an individual and you sell them then that can you know that can have a that can have a uh a, a kind of a big impact on the, on that particular player's price um it's but generally yeah generally as i say those those bigger drops it's it's usually on the back of some some actual you know something significant behind it um an injury or or a you know a, a, there's actually a reason a reason behind it 
Yeah, I think um, it's one, maybe something FI could do on the ed- educational side of things where they could kind of explain that players can drop 50p quite easily and they can rise 50p quite easily. Maybe that's what FI could do. I don't think they could protect against the drops because that would be kind of not manipulating the market, but kind of intervening too much. So I I think maybe the only thing that they could do is on, on the kind of why do players drop or why can players rise? That's maybe an option that that, that it can take to uh, to try and maybe let people understand why these movements happen. But I do think that there is a point about like how uneasy people are about how how quickly players can drop, and that will stop a lot of people uh, putting a lot of money in. But then I think it's kind of understanding that the most of the time on FI, if you're kind of smart enough, that uh, the reward outweighs that kind of risk quite greatly which i think is is the best positive spin to put on it um we'll move on to the next question which from from jbiz1 as a new user this is my first transfer window on the platform so far all of my trades have been with medium to long term in mind and i'm looking to shift my focus towards daily flips for example figs bank builder series thanks for watching uh what's the best way to implement this strategy in the current market Well, with with that one, I mean, I, I I would say with my my sort of trading strategy, I I tend to be sort of similar in that I I go for medium to long term holds. So I'm I'm yeah probably not the best person to ask this one really because uh, I I don't go for that many short term flips. Uh, <laughs> I think with, with transfer season, you can obviously you can t- have there are plenty of opportunities out there. Uh, and and really, I suppose it's it's monitoring Twitter as carefully as you can, um, and and trying to pick up on those big news stories as as, as they break. Really, so getting notifications from you know, the Sun, for example. I mean, as, as unreliable as they are, they have a big following. So um, if if they report something's happening with with a big player, so say a Pogba, for example, then that's going to move the price. Um, so it's it's monitoring that sort of checking late in the evening as the breaking news stories are uh, are coming through for the following day as well. Sometimes you can get on early if you see news breaking at sort of eleven or um, midnight and 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 getting on those players quickly and and then by the time you've woken up you can already flip that player sometimes if if uh, if you've got on a good one. <laughs> so that's that's sort of part of the strategy I I would adopt if I was doing that. But again, I'm I'm no expert in doing the short term flips. <laughs> I think the I'm not really a big onto the short term flips to be honest either. Um, it just takes it takes up takes up a little bit too much time. Um, I do think you can, as I say, if you're you know I think one of the good you know one of the, the good things from the from the FPL aspect was um, you know game pre game planning. Like always, it sounds pretty obvious, but you know if you if you're checking you know checking the fixtures in advance then you can you know if you're kind of two weeks one week to two week ahead of everyone else and identifying who's got the easiest games who's you know who's got the easiest home games that who's who's in form then that um can give you a good opportunity to to um to find some value there and some of those players and get in and out um before the rest of the market kind of cottons on um but i'm i'm not I'm not really doing that. Um, it's not really, yeah, it's not really part of my kind of overall strategy. Um, the media, you know, the media flips coming up at the up at the moment. I think are quite kind of high risk, um, high sort of reward. Um, 
if you you know if you see a breaking story um, or you think it's breaking obviously you get on it uh, but likewise it's difficult to know <laughs> it's difficult to know how early you are on it um, compared to the rest of the market like what's what's a big increase to judge what a big increase is before you get on it it's always quite hard um, so I would yeah I I would say if you are if you are going you know if you are looking into that you just have to be you have to keep checking you have to keep checking your your um your your horror your holds very very regularly just in case of you know there's breaking news that um that doesn't it doesn't act you know it doesn't look favorable for your holds we had um there's one when i think i went away on holiday and i left henry in charge of my portfolio <laughs> And uh, this was <laughs> this was around what was this? Was Maratta and Lukaku gate oh, from yeah. from last summer? And it was like oh, like I think that it was, was my yeah, worst Luk- morning at work ever. Lukaku <laughs> was like no, Maratta was nailed on to join United, and uh, I think everyone knows the story. But I mean, the, the, yeah, the effect that had on Maratta's price and not being able to react because I wasn't in the country to see the news, I got absolutely pounded on it. Um, and Henry obviously was like, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't know. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't." It's like, "Oh my!" Like so, uh, yeah. So I, th- I felt so sick of um, warning that morning. Like Maratta and Lukaku, just oh, Maratta, I, I hate him. <laughs> I absolutely hate him. That was my biggest sting ever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, so yeah, you just have to, you just have to be, you just have to be totally, follow, you know, following as many reliable news outlets as you can. Um, but it kind of is a, a, a time-consuming game. <laughs> I can imagine it is, and uh, yeah, we, we, as you mentioned, we we'll probably see a lot of those flips on the media side of players when this quintuple. Uh, media thing happens but maybe that will actually convince players the uh, traders to c- hold those players a little longer even after maybe they've complete sorry uh, even after they've completed that transfer um because they could have like a, a longer tail in, in terms of their buzz so that'll be really interesting to see how traders react when there's the quintuple media uh, we've got a couple arsenal related questions that i thought would be interesting to well, hey to kind of sneak in, considering we're all Arsenal fans yeah. here, probably, unfortunately. Uh, Paul Anthony, how many more ruptured Achilles will it take for us to have a chance of winning the Europa League? <laughs> Just Hazard, I think. Take him out and... Uh, and yeah, if, if Hazard could rupture two Achilles, that would probably mean we'd, we'd have a good chance. Yeah, ho- hopefully Hazard's down tools um, for, uh, yeah. for the season now. But uh, yeah, Henry, you've... You've booked your ticket, haven't you? Are you going to Baku? Oh, wow. I have, yeah. I'm going to Baku. I can't wait. It's um, Bloody slight, hell, slightly that unusual is going to be quite the journey, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, completely. It's a slightly unusual place to be going, but I never thought I'd ever say I'd go there. But yeah, <laughs> yeah the things Arsenal do to us. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got, they've got obviously, Ruben Loftus-Cheek and, and uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi have both done their Achilles. Kante did his hamstring a week or so ago. Oh, has he? So I didn't hear that. Okay. Maybe, maybe he might not be able to play. I don't know. Fingers crossed. Um, I think. Fi- yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> doesn't matter how, if... many, how many injuries they get, Arsenal will make it hard work. However, it happens. Yeah. <laughs> it just... Yeah. They'll they'll probably play like David Luiz in midfield or something and beat us. So yeah. It doesn't really you see matter. Giroud getting a hat trick. Oh god! <laughs> Scorpion so. kick or something. <laughs> would, would you guys? Would you guys rather? win the Europa League and Spurs win the Champions League or would you rather us lose and they lose someone asked me that yesterday and 
I I would genuinely be happy with 10th for the next 10 years if they don't win the Champions League. <laughs> yeah. I went from I was I was on holiday uh, and I went for a, a massage watching uh, and I saw the score like 2-0 to Ajax and I thought oh this is excellent. I came out of my massage feeling completely relaxed, checked the score again. Like, what on earth has happened? So I went from wanting Ajax to beat Liverpool uh, to wanting uh, Liverpool then to win the Champions League. It was, oh, yeah. what a position You'll to never be walk in. alone. I know. You'll never Horrendous, walk alone. But... <sighs> where where uh, did you go on holiday? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> where did I go? I was in Mexico. Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not Thailand. Anyway. <laughs> no, not Thailand. <laughs> uh, Tall Bob Fi probably got a more interesting question. Which Arsenal legends do you think would have been the mo- the best investment, and who would you compare them to? Oh, I did. I did see this question. Yeah, I thought it was a good. Good question, actually. Um, I would say I think if you could, if you imagine Thierry Henry on the index now, I think he would be close to being being top of the index I think um I mean yeah it's just so you know he was total what you'd be looking for he had that kind of media buzz appeal to him um I'm sure he would have been great for PB because he was on all set pieces and also he got a lot a lot more assists than people a lot of of assists yeah um so he I mean he would have been he would have but yeah I don't know to compare yeah so I who do you compare him to on the index now? I think Salah is probably. I'd say. I'd say he's probably better. That he would be better than Salah is now. Um, he's almost Neymar esque. I'd say Henri. Like if you, I think he's that good. He'd be that good at PB as well as having the media buzz pull as well. Um, I mean, the, the, all of the play went through Henri at Arsenal when he was there. Uh, yeah, he was just such a dominant player that. Yeah, I think. I mean, that left-hand side with with Perez and and Cole, they'd obviously be two interesting ones as well. Mm. Uh, maybe Lauren as well on the odd penalty. Uh, yeah, potentially. Vieira, yeah. Vieira for media as well. I think he'd have been quite good. He was always getting rumoured yeah. away, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. I, I, I just wonder if um, if any of the English boys who are Arsenal legends, kind of the the heavy drinkers who would have been in the papers quite a lot. Uh, maybe would have got a bit of media. Maybe they would have been kind of like the the not the Urzul equivalent, but kind of who the the media talk about quite a lot. I'm I'm looking at you know the Mersons, the the, the Tony, Adams, Tony Adams, you know yeah. him him being in prison and all yeah. that. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah the I, <clears throat> I thought actually um, Anelka would have been an interesting one because he sort of had that youth breakthrough where he just sort of came on the scene out of nowhere and started banging in goals and. Uh, then was you know being linked with the well the the resulting move to Real Madrid, but he he probably would have been he probably would have uh yeah he would have he would have been um one of these hot youth prospects that you're yeah. seeing now, especially because he was actually playing and scoring right. Well yeah exa- <laughs> yeah exactly even more so so he'd be, it he would be <laughs> yeah otherwise you're looking at a Jeremy Aladier or someone like that who, who never quite played but was always we, we always knew he was going to be bad though we always knew he was going to be horrible well moving on from Arsenal before I start crying uh, Sean FI why do you think FI are holding off IPOs for so long and will they ever clean up the index i.e. delete retired players get the date right on births it doesn't look good 
No, I, I think it doesn't look good. Um, but when will they get round to it? God knows. I mean, I think they've got other priorities at the moment. And whilst it is a bit, yeah, so it's pointless having players on there that certainly that have retired um, and players from the World Cup that yeah have have zero relevance now. Um, I yeah, I'd like them to clean it up, but. Again, I'd rather they sort out the, the tech issues and um, communications first. Um, and in terms of IPOs, I, I, I don't quite know why they're, they're holding off for so long. I think uh, probably because I know they have other concerns. Maybe their their focus is on their uh, their marketing campaign. Or, um, but I think IPOs will probably happen in, in the lead up to the new season once you have sort of the the uh, pre-season friendlies going on and people will be requesting for all these youth prospects that are going to be playing to to be IPO'd so I think that that'll happen I'd have thought in sort of July August time they'll start potentially in July doing a few IPOs. I, I also think that people are very obsessed about IPOs coming on but you know they actually lower our odds of winning when they come onto the platform which is probably something that we should mention i mean a lot of people really want ipos all the time because they want their like favorite players or whatever but they do actually reduce our odds yeah it's a good point um but um oh, the ipo thing just in general just annoys me like i just the way it's done <laughs> it's um it's quite frustrating because you you know if there is a player you want the chances of you getting him at a good price are, are pretty non-existent i know some people will love it because they've got the knack of how to do it but um it doesn't strike me as the fairest way to uh to to do ipos um especially as yeah i don't know there's just it's one of the things that really annoys me about the about uh, about the the index is the <laughs> manner of the IPOs. Um, yeah, and I think we've we've talked about them, and not only have we talked about them, but FI have actually talked about how they don't they want them to be different, right? Uh, on the pod that I did with the guys, Kieran talked about how they want to do a different system, which is quite positive, right? Yeah, it's good that they're thinking about that, and I think a lot of people would would welcome a. a a different system something that's i know perhaps a bit fairer but uh because I mean, there's always talk of people using bots and who knows if they actually are but it does seem very <laughs> difficult to get on those ipos like, even if you're refreshing like mad sometimes you just still can't you get screen freeze it's just a very frustrating process isn't it but um radio next question coco bet will order books be implemented on fi in the ne- near future and if not why I think it just depends on the number of event, you know, the the ultimately the number of users. Uh, I think they need. I think the platform still needs to grow further before they can rely uh, rely on order books. Uh, if they're planning on taking away the instant sell with it, um, I think, it, yeah. Sometimes at the moment, if you sell Cure Play, it can take. You know, if if they're not if they're not really kind of very popular then you might be with that player for three weeks which um you know it's not good for the liquidity in the market um so i would have thought that they still need to get the user you know they need to get more people involved and and increase user growth before they're able to do it before they're able to you know do the order books properly and then also i think um they're they're probably loving their spreads at the moment anyway aren't they so i think they make they make so much money um, on the instant sell with with the you know like the width of those spreads sometimes is um, just horrendous so I, I think it's probably 
the amount of commission they're making and the amount of um, yeah, just money on those spreads that it's probably not in their interest to introduce order books anytime soon, I would have thought. No, I tend to agree. Like, I think it would be beneficial for the platform and a lot of those kind of, you know, financial traders that we kind of talked about beforehand would probably prefer order books. Seeing that transparency of the the price and the the, the kind of thickness of the market would really um, make them more comfortable. But I don't know. It's it's just it's just whether or not. Look, if we have these tech issues now, imagine if FI create an order book that then plugs into their current platform. I just think it could become very messy. I think they need to probably sort out what they've got at the moment in terms of their infrastructure and then look to add another layer of kind of complexity from a tech standpoint, that is. No other comments? All right, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, oh, shit, dropped my mouse as well. Everything's going on. <laughs> Um, right uh, it's all gone to uh, pot it's all gone to pot an hour in we've all gone nuts uh, to both from the FI investor who was very good on a, on a couple episodes ago name one player from each PB league as your player to watch for next season and why I think that might take a while so why don't we just name one player each from you two and then I, I also want you to be kind of fair and, and give the downsides for each as well so from league uh, I would I quite like Maxwell Corney uh, playing for Lyon. Um, I think he's he's at a pretty reasonable price at the moment uh, for someone who's playing. You know, started the season with uh, uh, playing for them, kind of lost his way a bit, but has come back um, playing the last few games or so, um, scoring goals. He's he's a good age and uh, he's had the old transfer link. Um, and also, there's well, Leon most likely going to be uh, getting rid of one of like Fakir, maybe a Depay, so it kind of leaves room for him to, if he does stay there, to um, to get a more um, concrete place in the team or push for a place in the team next season. Yeah, those two definitely look like they could be on their way out, and also, I mean depending on Leon might buy some players so could that could that be a risk as well Ed for Cornet and and could he move I mean there was links to Watford a couple yeah, he's a had, year he's ago had, so, he's so. had the old Premier League link but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing for no, him no no um but I do think you know he had he he had that very good game didn't he against Man City in the Champions League yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um which kind of brought him to to a few people's attentions but um I think he, you know, I think I think he's on the periphery of that of that team of that team there, and nearly <clears throat> does stand a good chance of breaking through. So I, you know, I think I think he's, you know, I think he's uh, he represents a relatively good uh, good punt at the moment. What what are your what are the downsides to him for you? Considering he's your one of your punts, downsides to him, I suppose that he doesn't that he doesn't get the game time really. So say, I don't know, say Fakir move or whoever it is, say none of the moves go through and he's left, you know, and he's there, then he's competing with, I mean, you've got Bertrand Traore as well, who's in a similarish position to him. Um, and also, uh, who is it? Martin Torreira has come through a little bit as well. So, yeah. So again, it's probably, it probably would be the lack of game time, but then, you know, I think, someone like that's going to pick up a few links as well so it kind of keeps sort of 
minimizes the risk a little bit if they've got that if they've got that you know sort of media media the worst it wouldn't be media but a possible transfer to another team mm. obviously I'm, I'm going to be a bastard and obviously always play a devil's advocate but what if you know Depay and Fakir leave and Leon just become crap <laughs> no I think I think I think the good thing about about that Leon team is is that they have a very you know they're very very good youth system they and, do they and do. uh and even the buys you know and even the kind of well the the buys that they've made have been fairly decent as well um so i mean dembele coming in hasn't been there long and they're already saying that he's possibly going to be off to a you know for a 60 million pound move um so they you know they um yeah i don't think they're going to i don't think they're suddenly going to become a a terrible team overnight um and uh you know i guess that, that's a good thing as well is that in league one you've, you've you've got you've probably got six teams that are much stronger than the other teams in the league so i think for now they're they're most likely going to remain in that sort of top six um i think they they've just about got through to the champions league to qualify for that i think they're i think they're i think they're safe uh, it may be decided today, but they're nearly in it. Um, so yeah, I, I think I think they're they're quite an interesting team to to watch and keep an eye on, especially for other players coming up through their kind of youth ranks. Uh, Henry, let's move on to your pick. Ed's tips to me, I can't remember now actually, but there's um, in Italy uh, plays for Bologna. There's a, a lad that I've. I mean, yeah, full disclosure, I own him. But um, Riccardo Orsolini is a sort of young, a young striker. Sort of comes in off the the right wing with his with his uh, left peg. He's got a pretty lethal left foot on him, uh, and he's he's just been in an excellent recent form. So he's I don't know how many games he's played this season. I think it was twenty odd, um, but hasn't made many. Uh, starts until fairly recently, where he's broken into the first team. It seems like I think around about March, and. Um, I think since then he's bagged something like five goals in ten games. Uh, so he's he's in a in a hot streak at the moment, and obviously playing for Bologna, uh, I'd say that's probably the downside to him is he's not in a fancy team. But uh, there's always the possibility, I suppose, of a move at some point. Um, but yeah, he's 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 a, he's a youngster who I I quite like, and he's won me a couple of PBs already. So um, yeah, he's he's one to look out for, I'd say. He's on loan from Juventus, isn't oh, is, he? Is that right? Okay, I didn't even know. Um, <laughs> that's terrible. Okay, it shows my knowledge. And we're cutting all of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that shows, yeah, that's that's um, that's embarrassing, isn't it? But uh, yeah. Do your own research, everyone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But I mean, they, I, I, I just noticed him because he, he came into form for Bologna uh, and has been playing, yeah, playing very well for them. So I just thought, oh, why not dip in there? Hmm. Radio. Well, uh, we'll move on to the next question because I don't think I need to ask for any uh, any downsides on on Orsolini there, Henry. <laughs> uh, after after not realising he was on loan from Juventus. Yeah. Um, FPL addict Chris, who was on the the podcast a few weeks back, do you see market the market closing up between the top to the lower end, and if so, by how much? Seems a lot of value in the sub one pound area of football index. The when the top end of the market moves. Uh, kind of in most markets, it does tend to pull up the um, the lower priced players as well. So I think you naturally do get a, a gap closure. Um, 
I would, I mean, my portfolio, I've kind of always, I've, I've, I tried, I've probably, yeah, originally, um, because I, I was fortunate to get on at an early stage. I do, you know, I do have the, the kind of the big players, um, but I have been looking with, you know, with the fortunate thing with that is that with the dividends, you kind of, you know, you, you do get quite a lot of dividends and I've kind of been trying to diversify a bit into that sub one, one pound category kind of area, just because I think there is a lot of value in there. Um, I mean, we touched on a couple of players then, which I think are both, yeah, both kind of, uh, well below a pound. Um, uh, and I, and I, yeah, I think, people do look for still are looking for that you know i still are obviously looking for value in the in the market and uh you it does take a bit of time but if you do your research you still can find you still can find a lot of a lot of good prospects um in the kind of cheaper categories that are you know playing games scoring goals having transfer links kind of that that should hopefully um kind of get other traders interested in them yeah I, I do think there is some value in that market but i don't think that those uh, like it's going to squeeze up the, the reason i say this is because the players kind of at the top end at the moment they are or they have the potential to return 10x the amount of dividends that those players are who are like two pounds but they're only about four times the price so I think we're going to see a situation where, if anything, the top end, I mean, we could see a squeeze more as we currently are, where a lot of money is going into that kind of 50p to £3 bracket. But eventually it's going to flow back upwards just because of the dividend returns. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that sounds <laughs> sensible to me. I do I do think that there's room for the top end to, to, to continue to grow. Um, and again there's there's value there's value all over the index at the moment um uh, at, at, at the bottom end too and the, the, the uh, yeah there's, there's plenty of plenty of opportunities down there um so i think it yeah it, it'll, it'll all um it will continue to to stretch but that, that bottom end will come up i believe um barring your iranian players from the world cup <laughs> i think yeah i think going going back to it i think a lot of people kind of there's you know the debate over capital appreciation versus you know dividend return and, and which where you know where can you get where can you make your money kind of work better you know work um more efficiently um and it's a you know it's it's quite a it's quite a tough it's quite a tough call but i think i i kind of still go it goes back to i think having you know trying to have a bit of a balance and 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 a bit of a mixture in your portfolio anyway so you do have people who you know i like to have people who do consistently kind of stand a chance of winning winning the dividends on a regular basis um whilst also you know doing some research into you know into those upcoming players where you've got the a good chance of a of, of a big surge in in um in the player's value after say you know after a very strong performance or something um which can be lucrative as well um, so there's lots of, I think there's, yeah, lots of, lots of different opportunities within the index to kind of make profits. But, um, I, yeah, so I, I don't know. I do think, I do think you will see the, the bottom end of the market come up a bit, but as you say, I think you'll always will get that gap at the very top end where the guys 
pulling in the dividends on a regular basis who always you know kind of rightfully i think uh, deserve to be at the top uh we'll move on to the next question from football index focus i really like this one very original question uh, when you look back on the 1819 season on football index how would you rate your experience out of 10 based on the platform development and performance as well as your own success and anything else you want to consider um I'll go for that one. Okay. It's quite hard to even remember yeah. the start of the year. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's it has been. I mean, in terms of sort of just portfolio growth for me, it's been a phenomenal um, season in in that in that respect. I think uh, particularly it kicked on incredibly from January with with that marketing push, uh, and I had a couple of lucky trades that went really well for me. Where on players where I'd I'd got. A lot of them, and I'd, I'd had faith for a, a little while in them, and, and uh, a couple of them flew, which was nice to see. So, I think, that, and, and those ones that that were successful for me, my, my best trades were were sort of thoroughly researched ones that, uh, yeah, that I, I spent a lot of time looking into, and then when they do come off, it's it's very satisfying. So, I think, yeah, the I can't sort of advocate enough the the do your do your research point as as uh highlighted by my orsolini bit earlier <laughs> so <laughs> i think if you if you do want success on the index it really does it really does pay um i mean sometimes you can get lucky but yeah if, if you if you research carefully um and so in terms of my experience out of 10 i'd uh yeah it's, it has to be a, at least an eight out of ten um just i've, I've really enjoyed it this season and uh, I, I still see big things for the index. Uh, it's just um, occasionally it could be coloured by the yeah the, the occasional negative sort of yeah, road bump that you hit, um, as we have done recently. But but yeah, I'm quite I'm quite happy um, yeah with with my experience on it uh, this year. Yeah, I I had it marked down as a an eight, and then I crossed it out to a seven. <laughs> um, and I think that was that was that was basically after yesterday it got it got uh, put down a mark. Um, but generally, overall, I think it's been it has you know it has been positive a positive season uh, for me on the index. Um, I think that period from kind of January through to March, especially that you know the the big promotion uh, on the try January. Um, I think was was pretty lucrative for a lot of people with with um you know well anyone on the index really um uh the i guess the yeah the way i did yeah had kind of did have marked down that the share split was very well handled um and uh that kind of felt like a a very you know a good positive step in a in a professional approach to these announcements but then um with the slight blip yesterday, but um, hopefully going forward, it's it it's uh, we we yeah we don't get too many more issues like that. Um, the trader meet was good. That was um, that was uh, that was good to meet. Yeah, to meet uh, to meet a few more people and uh, and meet some of the some of the guys uh, Bishop from from the index gain and some of the other guys from that. And uh, yeah, look forward to uh, to seeing where where it goes next season. Quite like interested in the new, you know, the new territories to see if that ever takes off. Uh, is uh, 
all these all this talk and stuff and <laughs> seems quite far away when we're still trying to you know trying to kind of sort sort out um problems in your own backyard sort of thing um but uh i think that's quite it, it you know that offers quite a lot of upside in the future if they are ever able to uh i think to get to one of these uh one of these more kind of football you know football interested other territories to uh to promote the growth of the index even further Mm, mm. I think I'd probably give it like a 7.75 between that and 8.5 I don't know I can't give it a very specific one to be honest I didn't really think about it uh, to the extent of making notes like Ed did Um, (laughs) (laughs) so I I would say you know there's been a lot of goods a lot more good than bad but I think there's still a way to go and I do agree that uh, my sentiment is generally positive and I think this platform will go somewhere there are hitches that need to be worked out though as, as we've discussed in the in in the previous hour however I just think at the beginning of the season where we had the f- the first full season of PB there was actually so much kind of logical trading being done that I was very happy about it people were being speculative but in a more reasonable sense like this player could perform well on pb and and that's kind of where a lot of money was made and obviously a lot of money was made recently when um the dividends were increased a lot more uh the announcements were very good uh obviously there are there are still a few hitches like or not a few hitches a few weird decisions such as the the triple treble pb day not actually being an actual treble pb day uh considering the star man uh we won't go into that too much either um yeah no it's 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 been good and i think yeah that that kind of that bracket of number seems pretty fair uh so far uh uh, next question dan jack knife which player that you have nearly bought but didn't and risen into stardom uh this is wenger's i nearly signed him kind of thing (laughs) Uh, pro- probably for me, and just because I didn't really see the logic behind it, was um, Kylian Mbappe, and that that it kind of annoys me still, really, because <laughs> I just think he's. I, I I try to be rational about it, as you say. Like if if a player is good for performance buzz and generates good scores on the matrix or generates good media, then logically they should be highly priced on the index. Um, and he's he's his is a price that doesn't. To me, sort of, and I'm not sort of don't want to kill kill Mbappe, but um, uh, his doesn't really stack up for me just because he's whilst he's an excellent player in real life, whilst he's in the same team as Neymar, certainly he's impacted on on a scoring front, um, and he's yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm just annoyed probably that I didn't get on him when he was when he was so cheap. I, I owned him when he was down at about I think a couple of quid um, in old in old money, and and now goodness knows what he is but yeah he's he's one that i missed the boat sadly <laughs> for me it probably yeah i think bappe was one that i found well not found but it was kind of someone that i i knew about right when he even before he joined the index and i bought loads at his ipo and then ended up selling uh for very cheap considering com- compared to now over uh, a couple of years ago i think but i think the one that maybe i don't know it was uh Alexander Ishak, the guy that that is on loan from Dortmund, I, I remember buying him for, for and just not letting him run for long enough because yeah. I think I ended up selling for uh, like one eighty or ninety in old money, thinking I'd rob robbed people blind, and then literally a month later he was over a pound twenty in in this uh, real money now, 
which is absolutely insane uh, considering how much I sold them for. Uh, so that that was one that hurt very recently. Uh, Ed, any for you that you almost signed or sold way too early? Um, yeah, quite a few. Um, <laughs> like I had, <laughs> I think, yeah, Mo Salah was one of my... Uh, one of my ones and I think it was kind of like oh just being an Arsenal fan that first season Salah you know had that explosive season it was kind of like nah it's never gonna last it's never gonna last so I kind of had I think I had I had a few of him and then I kind of you know kind of I think I made about a pound pound per share profit or something like that on him which I thought was quite good but I just never saw I never saw him kind of going on and on and on uh, I don't. Th- I don't think many people did. And then, and then this, yeah. And then I didn't even, re- and I didn't realize the uh, with the media, you know, the me- his his name, the media buzz uh, that he's got with the double name thing to kind of boost his scoring as well. So I wasn't even aware of that at the time. So it was kind of like a, a another kick in the teeth to have let him <laughs> to have let him gone. Um, so he, yeah, he was quite a big one. Um, it's yeah. You, you always try to. Um, to let uh yeah let your heart not rule your rule your head in the is that the right way around yeah 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 (laughs) in these when it comes to um yeah when it comes to you know supporting your own team and stuff like that um yeah i don't really have too many arsenal players must be said Mm. it's probably a good thing isn't it yeah i think at the moment (laughs) for sure um but yeah mbappe was one i let go to early as well Uh, there's quite a few (laughs) there's quite a few really (laughs) question from uh, Tetley's here you're known for backing your judgment early and going knuckle deep on players you believe in such as Nombele who's your next long-term big hitter that's to you I'm assuming Henry I, I suppose I'm, I've been looking for for that next big player for a while actually and um, I'm probably still doing my research but but one that I did go into at the beginning of the season was um, was was Marcus Turam and I've, I hold quite a few of him and I, I think that he's a, a solid prospect who uh, he's been playing for, for a team that's now been relegated in, in Gangon. And I, I couldn't see him, uh, a player of his quality, uh, staying at a relegated club. So I thought, well, I, I, I got a few of him in, in the hope that he, he might move during the summer. But um, I guess we'll wait and see on that one. But he's, he's one that I, uh, I, yeah, I think you should watch out for. Nice, nice. Uh, we've got one final question question how often does fig clean his toilet because he seems to think this is a weekly task which takes a length of a podcast well if you think there's like you know tens of thousands of people listening a month um the chances are that not everyone's kind of toilet cleaning schedules are aligned so if i say it at the end of every episode there's going to be someone who might be cleaning their toilet you know by the the, the laws of probability hopefully you think monthly or weekly that will be listening and has to clean their toilet that week probably fair right so, so, sounds logical <laughs> to me yeah yeah good answer yeah and that's obviously what's going through my head every time i uh, i say it at the end of the, the show but i think can, yeah on that note i think we've we've, <laughs> we've uh, that's all we've got time for so uh, thank you very much for joining me lads it's been a, a really 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 good show and i hope people can really take some value from this uh, henry where can people find out more about you well as uh, i'm uh, at venga knows or at venga new on twitter i'm not quite sure but yeah Type in Wenger and you might find me. <laughs> uh, Ed? Uh, I'm at edpreston7 on, on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, you can find me there. 
Nice, nice. Uh, and if you guys uh, haven't followed me yet, that's at FIGuide underscore. Uh, if you want to leave a review, please do so. Uh, there's lots of reviews so far, and I love reading them. Uh, and if you haven't already subscribed, please do subscribe. Uh, if you If your mates are on the the index and they're not listening to the podcast well why not why not tell them uh, to listen to the vidcast and uh, see if you can pass the pod along uh, if you're on your commute have a great commute if you're uh, not commuting uh, shout out to the non-commute crew doing whatever you're doing uh, if you're you know as i mentioned before cleaning your toilet cleaning your bathroom uh tending to your horses please do let me know what you're doing when you're listening to the podcast uh, sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions there were loads especially after up the gate so uh we, we can get through them all uh but uh whatever you're doing have a great day and thanks for listening